from that all turns to what I consider some practical applications of the principles that he's been teaching. 12 to 16 is a part of Romans a little easier to work with. I think we'll find that. We might find some challenges here too. But I think for the most part, this will seem a little bit easier and certainly more application-oriented. So uh, let's start with uh, a reading of, of chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, acceptable and perfect will of God. So, he's urging the brethren, therefore, on the basis of what he said, almost as an expression of gratitude in response for all God has done, by the mercies of God, based upon the wonderful grace of God we've been looking at, all that God has done for our salvation, wow, by all of that, we ought to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice. We ought to just give ourselves to the Lord. You love, again, that verb, present. The idea of taking an animal and giving it to God. Now we take ourselves, we take our lives, we take our bodies and give it over to the Lord. We just entrust ourselves to God. This is this is an, a, the right response. Now, we've been talking about our bodies as a, something that's often used by Satan and by sin. But <coughs> we need to give our bodies to God. Let God use uh, our, our bodies Make that a living and holy sacrifice. That, that, that's the right thing. It's our spiritual service. It's our reasonable, rational service. We're not offering some dumb animal. We're offering ourselves to God. As a rational thinking being, giving ourselves to the Lord. We, what's, 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 you know, acceptable to God. God, God is, is pleased. By us giving ourselves to Him. It's a wonderful blessing that we can please God. That we can live before God in a way that He's happy with us. What a, what a blessing. And, and in that, we must resist the process of being conformed to this world. We must not let the world around us shape and mold us. We must not let the world squeeze us into its mold. We've got to just continually, throughout our life, uh, be, be transformed. Uh, we the transformation, the, the larva to butterfly sort of an idea. We let our God radically change and mold and, and transform us by the renewing of your mind. The battleground is for the mind. We have to change our mindset, we have to reprogram our way of thinking. It's kind of a lifetime process as we continue to work to re, re, renew our, our mental state so that God can perform, perform, perform that transformation. So that's the basis of all this based upon the great things God has done, to present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, to give ourselves to the Lord, and not to be shaped and molded by this world, to be transformed by renewing our thinking, to be to be given over to God. Um, and, I, and, and when we do that, when we give ourselves to God, when, when by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, by the love of God, we've just turned ourselves over to God, then there's all kinds of things that change us. And, and really the rest of the book, especially down to 1513, is, is really telling us the changes we need to make, what this looks like when we really give ourselves as a sacrifice to God. How does that affect us? What does that change in us? Thoughts and comments on one and two. Awesome.
you know, we're made in God's image. So this this really isn't a radical change where we think about what sin has done, the, the radical change that sin has caused. Certainly it's an effort on our part to do this, but but we should be molding ourselves in the image which, which we were made in, and that's God, to be coming back to that, that garden scene, to the, the perfection that God created us in. Good thought. Yes, that's exactly right. We're being restored into the image of God. Ben. Uh, it made me think of Acts 17 where uh, Paul was re- being accused of turning the world upside down. And that was completely wrong from the, their perspective the world was being turned upside down. Paul was trying to turn it right side yeah, up. Good point. Yeah. Uh, normally when I think about sacrifice, I think it's something that's dead. So it's interesting how he says a living sacrifice. I think that's it's emphasizing the fact that we're living and we're growing. It's a constant sacrifice. It's not just something that's just one and done. It's we're growing. It's a continual renewal of our mind. Amen. Amen. Okay. Three to eight. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to be. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our service, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So, Paul speaks by the grace given to him. Paul does not see himself as a self-made man. He sees his role as an apostle as something given by the grace of God. And, And he always speaks of his salvation, his abilities, not in terms like earned or merited or deserved or received, but always in terms of given, received, and things like that. Paul sees that who he is is by God's grace. And he asks all of us to think soberly and, and, and not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. We ought to seriously evaluate who we are and, 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 and not seek to elevate ourselves. Not use our gift to exalt ourselves, but use everything God's given us for His glory. We should never be puffed up. Look what I can do. Look at my attainments. Look at my gifts. All of it comes from God. Everything I am, everything I can be, God gave me. You will never do more than use what God has given you to glorify God for His grace. You'll, you, you'll never be able to use something of your own. You never, you never, you don't have anything of your own. All we have is, comes from the Lord. And uh, so, so we really need to humble ourselves. When we think about ourselves, we need to have humility. Even when we think about the things we're able to do, it's the things God has enabled us to do. Some of you may be really intelligent. God gave you your intelligence. Some, may, some of you may be, have a charismatic personality. God gave you your personality. Some of you may be a really good speaker. God gave you your speaking voice, your speaking ability, etc. But all belongs to the Lord. Now he says we have many members in one body, and all the members don't have the same function. And that's how we are in Christ. Members have different functions. We wouldn't want a body where all the members had the same function. That would be a terrible body. It wouldn't fit together. It wouldn't work. 
Yeah, I really appreciate the eyesight, but wouldn't the body be terrible if it was one big rolling eye? And that's all it was. You know, you couldn't hear anything. You couldn't talk. You couldn't eat. You know, you, you need the eyes, but it's not the only thing. And uh, so we ought not to make people feel guilty because they don't excel in what we are good at. We ought not to think about how inadequate we are because we can't do very well in some areas. We ought to seek to do what we can with our abilities and perform our function as a member of the body. And we need this sense of how we're individually members one of another. There needs to be a, a spirit of interdependency. Lone Ranger Christianity is a contradiction in terms. God did not make us to be on our own. I'm just, I, I, there's this, this idea that, that your service is really purer and better if it's not influenced by anybody. I don't want anybody telling me anything. I don't want to listen to anybody. I'm just be a real authentic Christian by myself. That's not, that's not Christianity. It's not even possible. Yes. We, we, when we think, I want to be to where I just don't need anybody. I can do it all on my own. That is not the goal. That's not a blessing. That's not what God wants for us. It's not at all what God wants for us. And so it will help us if we can develop more of that sense that, the, that, that we all need to work together. We're members of one another. Let's, let's help each other. Let's supply what the other one is lacking. And by working together as a body, we can accomplish something for the Lord. We need to use our abilities in a conscientious way. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. God didn't make everybody the same. He didn't give you all the same gifts. No one's good at everything. But we're good at something. And God's given us, he put, he put us in the body, he's given us the ability to want us to have. I don't say we can't use our abilities and grow them in some way, but ultimately, we can do what God enables us to do. That's what it amounts to. And uh, so we ought to exercise them responsibly. Uh, with dependence on God, not trying to be somebody we're not, not trying to imitate somebody else. Uh, but, but trying to use our whatever gifts we have for the Lord. Now look at what he says. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, the prophets receive messages directly from God. And they ought to reveal to people the message that God has given. We're blessed by the prophets that have written in the scriptures, that have, have revealed God's message to us. Uh, if service in his servant. Now, you know, service has a place in Christ. Service has a place in Christ. Um, you know, we oftentimes, you know, we think about more glorious gifts. And what are the things I can do that give me attention? I'll tell you one thing we think, I think, is we put a lot of emphasis on being up front. You know, who's up front? And, uh, you know, who's behind the microphone? And those are the people that really serve. So women never really serve. It's like, I think there is a service in being able to lead worship. There's one service. There are many ways to serve. Service is not glorious. You know, and you just start thinking about things that you can do, that you can help people who are sick, you can help people with small children, you can have to help people who are grieving, 
You could help people who are elderly. You could help people who 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 aren't very under, they don't have much understanding. They do converts. You have people you can help people who have handicapped. They're handicapped themselves, or they have handicapped people they care for. And and you can help with various things around the church building. And you can help in writing and, and encouraging people in various places. And you just I'm just starting a list. You know, you start dreaming about what are ways to serve. Now, some of those things, they're never going to get attention. Probably nobody's ever going to know. If they know, they don't probably care. They're not going to say, oh, wow, you're great. You sat with this elderly person. You know, it's not going to be a big feather in your cap. It's a way of contributing what you can contribute to the body. You know, and if we just start thinking more, what can you do? Well, I'm young. Well, okay. You can do things as a young person. I'm old. Well, that's great. There are things young people can do. There's things old people can do. We're, we can we can do something. Well, I can't do what they can do. Well, you weren't supposed to do what they can do. God gave you your abilities to do what you can do. Why do we always want to make be, be something we're not? Well, if I could only do this or that. You know... Sometimes the most helpful people in a body are people who never are listening. We don't ever hear their voice. We're just constantly blessed by their act, their activities, by what they do. And and we have people at Barbersville like that. That they're not the most outgoing people. They're not the people who are commenting all the time in Bible class and things like that. But they're people who are always there every time somebody needs help. We have people like that in Barbersville, and I guarantee you nearly everybody in this room from Barbersville would identify the same people. We all know who they are. And uh, they would never want that to be commented. Thank God. But that's what we need. We need people serving. And, and then he says, who he who teaches in his teaching. There's a place for teachers to, to, to not reveal the message. That's the problem. But to, to, to explain, to express, to, to, to show people what the message means. You know, teaching kind of concentrates on the content. Can you explain the word to people? That's important. Teaching needs to be done. People need to know the word. And not everybody's gifted with understanding these things. Some people are better at reading and reading comprehension. Some people do a better job of just explaining things to people. It's in just everyday life. If you, if you want somebody to explain how to change a tire, there's some people who know how to change a tire, but you don't want them explaining it to you. <laughs> there are other people here that they, they really help you. They, they can tell you exactly how to do it. You know, some people are good at that. Some people aren't good at that. If you're good at teaching, use it to teach people the scriptures. Learn the word and really help people understand it. He says, he who exhorts in his exhortation. So the teaching concentrates on content, the exhortation is like stimulating other people to action. Stir people up to apply what they're taught. We need that. We need people who can get people motivated and help to work, to, to grow, to do better. People who care about people. People who love people. I, I've always used the illustration, I won't tell you where, but in the church where I was many years ago, there was a new, there was a couple who had been converted, fallen away, come back to the Lord. They were a young family with two little kids. And, you know, have you ever seen a family that looked like they had a lot of potential, but they just didn't really take off? This was this family. They, they had good attitudes in many ways. They really struggled. 
And there was there was an elder in that congregation who who moved in. It almost seemed like literally. He just he was with them all the time. He was in their home. He was studying with them. He was praying with them. He was out in the garden picking picking the produce with them. He was working with them. They were at his home. He was he was just with them month after month after month. And you always felt like they're just ready to take off. And they didn't, and they didn't, and they didn't, and they didn't. And this elder just stayed with them. You know, prodded them sometimes, comforted them sometimes, just hung with them sometimes. You know, it's like, just frustrating. You're working with somebody, you're giving a lot to them, and they don't really change. And it was probably a year and a half of that. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, the light bulb came up. And that man has now in another church been an elder for years. You know, wow. You never know. You know, there needs to be somebody exhorting, just encouraging, just, you know, helping people to grow, helping people to apply what they know, addressing the heart and the will. And then he talks about those who give with liberality. You know, I think we're thinking about financial giving. There are people who are great at that. They do so much good with that. They're generous. They're good at seeing people that need help in situations that they can be useful in. They, they're thoughtful about that. They don't draw attention to themselves, but but they're they're generous. They, they're they're eager to share. And they they do it wisely. They help people a lot with that. And some people have a good gift with that. Some people have the money. And some people are are good at seeing how to use that. He who leads with diligence. You know, not skating by with laziness, but, but using energy to lead. And leading doesn't necessarily mean being up front even, but, but leading people, guiding people, directing people. Um, and, and, and doing that with putting effort into it to be able to do that. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You know, when you're trying to show mercy, if you're cheerful, it'll help a lot and do a lot more. And, uh, you know, when, when, when people feel like the kindness you're showing to them is a pleasure to you, not a burden to you. Haven't you seen people sometimes? They'll help. But boy, by the time they get done, you wish they had. <laughs> you know, it's just been so discouraged because they're they're really doing it because they feel like they must, not because they want to. And you can tell, and it shows. It's hard to hide that. But those who show mercy that do it cheerfully and eagerly, they want to bless others. And there was such a need for mercy showing. Wow, there's so many people who need mercy. There's all kinds of people. Look for them. There's, there's grieving people for all sorts of reasons. We have to get to know people. We have to get closer to people. And understand what they're going through. And, and be there at the right moment. Some people have good knack for that. Some people keep their ear to the ground. They're not nosy, they're not spreading it, but they're there at the right moment. When mercy needs to be shown, when somebody needs to, to, to lend a hand, they just kind of magically appear, they do that in a kind, generous, you know, gracious way, and get out of the way when it's appropriate. And, and man, that's such a blessing. We all need that. You know, we all need a friend. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I can remember as a young person, you know, nobody knew me. I didn't talk to anybody. Nobody knew me. But I look back, and I don't know, it's probably, it's probably wrong. But I don't think anybody wanted to. 
I mean, people were nice to me. People at church were nice. They were friendly. They said, hi, how are you, and all that. But I never really got the feeling that anybody really wanted to know anything about me. I didn't really want to share anything anyway, so it didn't matter. Maybe that's the reason. <laughs> but maybe I would have wanted to if somebody cared. I remember feeling sometimes like, uh, there, was, there was a guy, wasn't in the congregation, but, but I, I was around quite a bit. He always showed, he always said he really cared, but, but all his actions showed he, he didn't really have time, wasn't really interested. You know, and so there's just so many ways to serve that we're just looking for how I can help. You know, this just gives us a partial list of some of the functions, some of the ways. And you're not going to be able to do everything. You're not suited for every work and every function. But but there's probably more you could find to be helpful with than what you're doing right now. And and and, and it, it may be that you never get any press for it. You never get any praise for it. You never get any, you know, thank you for it. But you can help. That's the body working well. I'll tell you, there are body parts in our body that we don't hardly think about. But they're really needed. You know, livers are nice. You know, I don't know how to give any thought to them. I, I like them on a chicken or a chicken. Uh, <laughs> you know, or even me. But, uh, you know, my own I've never thought much about. I don't even know how to take care of one. I couldn't find one if they opened me up. You know, and there's all kinds of, uh, you know, organs like that that you get no attention. But wow, if you didn't have it, you really create a need. And, and if it functions well, you just don't think about it. You know, that's almost a blessing. It's almost the ideal. If you're just a member of a body, and nobody even notices. They only notice if, if suddenly something happened to you. They notice. They never realized that you were involved in all those things. That you were helping in all those ways. That's the ideal. You're not trying to get glory. You're trying to serve. You're trying to help. Because of all God's done for us. Because of his grace, and his mercy, and his redemption, and his making us right before him. We want to give back all we can to him and his life. Thoughts and comments? All right. Yeah, it's really easy to get um, pumped up to when we're reading about moments of characters like Moses or David. We might very well have times when we may be called to do something in which our work is noticed by a lot of people uh, around us, but the reality is that more often than not, we're going to be called to do work that's, in a sense, behind the scenes. And, you know, we all like to be complimented, but if that's all that we're really doing our deeds for, we're missing the whole point Amen. of Christianity. Amen. That's exactly right. Yeah. Joe? Just think about other lists in the Bible. Usually those lists are not all-inclusive, and there's a specific reason for the list. I'm wondering if the Roman congregation here needed these specific things. Then that makes me wonder, what kind of list would the Lord make for the congregation that I'm a part of? What do I need to fill in? Yeah, yeah. Good thought. Yes, Christine. I'm just going to throw myself under the bus. What do you do? What do you do if you are extremely bad at letting other people do things for you? Because it's hard for like if I think I know this person wants to do something for me, but if they ask me if they can, I'm probably going to say no because, and then I'm just going to say I'm hurt. Because I just I don't know. 
It is actually a blessing to people when they can serve us. I'm reminded of Jesus asking the Samaritan woman for a drink. I think it was a blessing to her when Jesus needed her help and expressed that. Um, it is a blessing when people can serve, when they can help. There's really, you know, just trying to do everything myself and trying to be independent is really not the body concept. So I think we need to change that. I think we need to humble ourselves and I think we need to realize we don't want to be a leech where we're just begging people to do everything for us we can do for ourselves. Obviously, there could be an extreme in that way. But we also don't want to just be independent. I don't need anybody. I'll do everything for myself. Thank you very much. We do need each other. That's a part of what God intends for us to be mutually dependent. And it helps when there are more people helping. And, and often, you know, I think as an old man, you know, I've learned a lot to use people because I'm old. You know, I'll get kids to carry things for me. They're heavy. I could still carry some semi-heavy things. But they like to do it, and I don't. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why do I need to be Superman when, you know, I'm breaking down and they're building themselves up? You know, it's good when we can share and each person can do their the thing they're capable of. Matt? It also reminds me of Moses. Um, he was doing so much, and his father-in-law right. said, just let other people help you. Yeah, so yeah. there's also the idea of if we do too much ourselves, as much as we want to, eventually we're going to burn out. Yeah. But that's what other people are here for, to help each other. Great point. Yeah, it's a great, great passage. Number, uh, what is that? Exodus chapter 18. Yeah. And, and Acts 6 with the seven men chosen to oversee the food distribution of the widows. Uh, I'm just thinking if, um, if we have a trip, if we may sometimes struggle with accepting help or accepting service or blessings from others, um, maybe if we do it more ourselves or if we just reflect on what we do, um, we, and we reflect it and we think about the blessing that it is to bless and just the, what it means to us to do that then uh, if, if we're constantly trying to do that ourselves, and that's what we're focused on, is not necessarily how do I go about receiving blessing, but if we're more focused on giving and more focused on blessing and more focused on serving our brethren, then we'll be acquainted with the feeling that it is to contribute to the body. And so whenever that's trying to be, that whenever somebody tries to do that for us, we'll be like, oh, that's what they're trying to do. And then if you deny them that, you know, you think about somebody denying all the things that you've been doing. Yeah, it's a blessing to serve. We need to give people that opportunity. This is a business concept, but I think it practically applies. We, We think about businesses as diverse and inclusive to be able to bring out new ideas. So I work on a team with people, and I might present something in a way or do something a certain way but when I invite other people from different backgrounds and, and different areas, they present a new idea to the same solution. And we can do that as Christians. Maybe we get stuck in a rut and we're doing things our way, the way we always do it, and it's presenting gospel messages to people in a, a very systematic way. We invite other people into that conversation. We, we gain new ideas, we grow, we, we are able to build up each other in that way. Good thought. Yeah. Amen. Other thoughts? Yes. So, we'll get negative to love, 
But then another section that is covered here is unity, where, where you see some object, object, objectives or goals that are portrayed here. But I really like that it also shows, it tells you the what to do, but the, also the, the how, like, that the why, like some of those questions that sometimes and, and things to be careful of. I really like, of course, of the first verses when I look at those, that section is really, it addresses an issue of selfishness, so the opposite, we need to be selfless. When we're looking at this section here, it really, it, it addresses pride. Yes. And so I really love whenever you focus in community, that it's a thing that we really need to work. Yeah, we need to do all of this, but it also tells you, okay, yes, so whenever you are going to have mercy, be cheerful. Also. So it, it gives you that. It's a very complete meal for us, all of these sections. Amen. Yes, Tim. When it says in verse 3, each according to the measure of the faith that God has assigned, what is he saying there? Well, according to our belief, according to our faith, uh, you know, whatever whatever uh, ability, whatever strength that we have, um, I mean, I think God has given us each the blessings, the abilities, the faith that we have, and so based upon what God has given us, that's what we use. Anything else? Um, look at the next section for a moment. We won't have time to go real far into this. But look at verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. It seems to me like that's almost a general statement for the next section. Is our relationship to other Christians needs to be sincere love? Love must not be hypocritical, pretended faith. You know, there are a lot of people who kind of have a veneer of love. You know, they, they, they make it look like they're loving, uh, but they're really not. You know, do we act the same to a person's back that we do to their face? Do we just try to get brownie points because we act like we love them? Something like that. Um, so, and actually, there's no verb in the original. It's just sincere love. <laughs> you know, it's what he almost titles the section with. That's what we need. And then he says, what what is evil, cling to what is good. Now, if you really love somebody, you don't just indulge them. You really love somebody. You don't just say, hey, just do whatever you want to. Love stands up for what's right. Looks out for the best interest of the one loves. Love is not just tolerant. Love is not neutral in morality. Love hates evil. Because evil is bad for people. Love loves what is good. We need to have a love that's discerning. A love that, practically speaking, seeks to help people by doing what's right and what's good and, and not just trying to make people happy. That's not love. Uh, he says in verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Um, outside of the Bible, the term brotherly love was used exclusively for the physical family. Um, so, so we need to have that family love among us as Christians. There's a lot of emphasis on on, on the church being our family, that our true family, our brothers and sisters, we need a lot closer, more family type relationship, give preference to one another in honor, almost like outdoing one another and honoring each other. We ought to seek to exalt the other and not ourselves. We struggle with that sometimes. 
We don't like it when we don't get the glory somebody else gets. That is a real issue for us. It was with the early disciples. And it is with us. When somebody's chosen and we're not. When somebody gets praised and we don't. How do you feel about that? How does that go with You know, and it really almost exposes the corrupt root of the reason why we even serve one another. We're thinking more about ourselves. How can I glorify myself? How can I lift myself up? So this is a great start to this section. As we're going to think more about our relationship with other Christians. We're going to think about our relationship to non-Christians. We're going to think about our relationship with the government. He's, he's really being pretty comprehensive. As he's saying, okay, based upon all God's done in his plan of redemption, give yourself as a sacrifice to God. As you do that, here's, here's what you need to do with yourself. Here's what you need to do toward others in the body, toward non-Christians, toward the government, and so forth. He's going to be giving a lot of practical thoughts that will help us. And uh, hopefully we can you know, pay attention to those, listen to those. Uh, let me remind you that uh, these uh, lessons are going to be on liveforit.us. So you can receive them there. Probably be also maybe, I don't know, on the Barbersville Christians website. But... Uh, those so you can get those um, tonight. Uh, those of you who have a place to stay, you you know arrange that last night. You can go there again uh, and 